Hello, I'm Damien Venuto. It's July 15th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. New Police Minister Chris Hipkins has admitted that tensions between gangs are at a high. As a result, the government has proposed new legislation targeting gang violence. But how much of this is tough talk to boost their public image after claims from commentators that the government is soft on crime? And should more effort be put into preventing violent situations unlikely to be covered on the 6pm news? Today, I'm joined by NZ Herald investigative reporter Jared Savage for his take on where we're at with gangs versus the government. Jared, after months of criticism from opposition parties, the government this week announced a plan to tackle gangs and their assets. What did they specifically announce? So there were five things announced this week by the police minister, Chris Hipkins, and Justice Minister Kerry Allen. The first was sort of addressing a wee bit of a loophole, uh, as they described it. It's to address shootings in a public place. So, you know, under the Crimes Act, it was an offence to intimidate someone by firing a gun at them, but only if they were inside a dwelling. So it didn't apply if someone was shooting at your house. And we've obviously seen a lot of those this year in terms of drive-by shootings. So the government have sort of said, well, they've identified that little loophole there. They're going to tidy that up to say it's going to be a new offence to apply it to all situations where a firearm is discharged to intimidate someone, which is often the purpose of these drive-by shootings. The second change was bringing in these new warrant and search powers during gang conflict. At the moment, the police search powers, if you have to apply to a warrant to, to a judge to show that there's basically real cause or suspicion of offending by a specific person. Now, that can be difficult for the police to prove that it was a particular person firing a weapon or in possession of a weapon. This proposed change which is coming in will bring in a new sort of search power. When there's supposed gang conflict or violence, the new warrant will give them the ability to undertake searches over a 14-day period. So say the tribesmen and the Killabees are shooting each other, they'll be able to apply for a warrant under this new power to, to go into any Killabees home and, and search their house, not just those that they have suspicion of holding a weapon or being involved. That's probably the most controversial one that's going to be coming in. The third one is expanding the range of offences under which vehicles can be impounded for 28 days. So this will include when a vehicle is being used to drive dangerously, recklessly, but there's no one, no one's been injured or hurt. Um, this is being brought in specifically to sort of really target sort of gang convoys uh, around motorbike riding. We've seen footage of, you know, large convoys of vehicles, some of them driving recklessly, but that's intimidating, but not necessarily, you know, going to cause anyone any, any real harm. So I see that as a move to really tackle those gang runs. So the fourth is this new power to seize cash in sums of $10,000 or more. So currently the police have to sort of have some belief that there's um, you know, a criminal source for the cash or it's suspicious before they can take it. Under the new proposed change, they'll just be able to basically seize it and then the, the owner of the cash has seven days to come and claim it and explain why it's legitimate. And the fifth proposed change for the government is essentially banning cash sales for higher value items. So we often see cars being bought and sold for large sums of cash, and it's, those sort of sales do not have to be reported to, to the police. Um, so, for example, just to compare that to uh, any suspicious transactions that a bank comes across, they have to report those to the police. It's not the same, for example, um, jewellery, 
bullion or cars. So you're going to ban cash sales for those sort of high value items because they're used as a way to transfer or launder money. Can you guarantee that this suite of measures will curb the rising gang tensions? This set of measures that we're announcing today is not the end of the matter. Uh, the government is looking at other issues as well and we'll continue to work our way through that. I expect that there will be further announcements in due course as we identify new practical steps that we can take to really target this illegal activity. Do you think that the government has been quite deliberate in being a bit harder on gangs and saying that we shouldn't necessarily feel sorry for the people who end up in the gang lifestyle? Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a change in rhetoric. And the, the government's been forced into this by some tough on crime, politicking by National National Enact. Porter Williams come under a lot of pressure. Police minister, it wasn't really a natural fit for her in that portfolio. She'd actually made some quite good announcements in regards to asset seizures. Clearly, the, the government has seen some polling which shows that law and order is going to be a big issue for people at the moment coming into the election next year. They've decided to change things up and have given it to... Chris Hipkins, who's a capable performer as a politician, he's sort of their Mr. Fix-It during COVID. These changes that have been announced are definitely a political response. We need action against gangs right now because they are evolving and they are emboldened and frontline police need us to get them new tools. And so a national government is going to do something about it. National and ACT have been among the sharpest critics of the government's approach to gangs. So how have they reacted to this? They've been quite dismissive of the changes. National in particular looking for quite strong sort of anti-consorting laws and looking to ban gang patches like we've seen in Australia. So they would much rather bring in some quite stringent laws from overseas, which from my understanding of it would struggle a little bit to be imported here because of our Bill of Rights. Yeah, National Enact are looking at these announcements this week saying sort of too little, too late and nothing much will really change. We need to go harder on the gangs. And that's been a common refrain for a long time till the 1970s. Now, on the flip side, you have the Green Party that's also been critical of the policy, but they're criticising it because they're saying that it's tough on crime and doesn't necessarily address the causes of those crimes. Do you agree with that argument? I do and I don't. It's, it's one of these things, nothing's black and white, right? Like they're all kind of right and they're all kind of <laughs> kind of wrong. But uh, in terms of what the Greens are saying, they're particularly concerned around um, the search power has been granted under these new proposals, which they say will, will breach our, our Bill of Rights. The police need to have real cause to search someone's house, right? Or, or take their property. They see this proposed changes impinging on that. I guess the government would say, well, it's only for a very limited time. It's for 14 days where there's gang conflict and we're trying to get on top of it. So I think they'll probably get that through without too much problem. In terms of their point around, yeah, we need to do more to address the drivers of crime. Absolutely. They're bang on about that. Earlier this month, Jared, you reported on two Waikato men sentenced to prison for their involvement in conspiracy to smuggle cocaine and meth by sea. Now, stories like this are becoming increasingly common in recent years. Do plans like this that target gangs have any impact on these types of crimes? I don't think so in terms of those huge drug importation cases that we're talking about. And we have seen a massive upswing in those in recent years. There's no doubt about that. 20 years ago, when meth first came into the country, police would be celebrating finding a kilogram. You know, that was a huge bust back then 20 years ago. Now we're seeing 100, 200, 400, 500 kilo busts and seemingly with no end in sight. These kind of changes that they've announced this week probably don't really address those 
those cases, uh, long-term covert policing, which can take months, if not years, to sort of come to fruition. New Zealand police are very good at the covert policing, the undercover stuff, tapping of phones. They do a great job on that. And there are probably some other law changes that could help with that. These measures this week are much more for the overt presence of, of sort of gang members that might be intimidating members of the public. That's how I, I sort of see them addressing that concern. They're, they're useful tools. I'm not sure how effective they will be in terms of some of the, the bigger picture stuff like these 500 kilo shipments coming in, which show no sign of slowing down. And they're all directed by transnational organised crime groups in Southeast Asia and Europe and, and Mexico. So these changes won't address those, and I don't think they're designed to either. Now, gangs are one of two major issues that have been making headlines in the last few months. The other is ram raids. Police say it's lucky cleaners and security weren't injured. They're asking anyone with information about the offenders to come forward. Most of them are young. Um, How young are we talking? Under 20. Even the majority of that are under 17. There seems to be no sign of ram raids coming to an end. Does that show that we have these broader crime issues happening across the country and that passing laws or setting up task forces isn't necessarily the answer to addressing these problems? And doesn't that kind of speak to some of the criticism that the Greens have had? I'd agree with that. I mean, we do tend to have, I wouldn't say fads or trends, but, you know, like ram raids has become a big thing this year. There's been some discussion in saying, well, is this, a, is this a moral panic around youth? Potentially, but also like the ram raids are actually happening. <laughs> we can't, we can't, the media can't ignore what's happening here. But I tend to agree. We can't, these kids that are doing it, they're doing it for notoriety. They're doing it to share on TikTok and other social media platforms. I think overall, though, youth crime is down. So you've got the spike of something which comes up and grabs the attention. But yeah, maybe we need to be doing more to sort of um, re engage youth really that are clearly disconnected from society. In addition to the gangs and ram raids, we've also seen in the last month a rise in random attacks that have resulted in innocent people dying or being injured. Just hours before the government announced their gang policy, a woman was killed in an Auckland suburb by a man known to her. So is there a risk, perhaps, that politicians are focusing so much attention on gangs and ram raids and these issues because they attract headlines rather than facing the murkier side of crime that's a little bit harder to address? Yeah, and I think that's valid criticism of every government, right? Because you tend to deal with the fires that are being lit right in front of you. Tackling the longer term stuff is really hard and it's really complicated. And like there is actually some good work being done in the background on this, but it doesn't probably get the attention and the investment that it needs because essentially it doesn't sort of grab the headlines as much. And it's hard and it's complicated and it'll take a generation to change and to fix. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be doing it. Jared, as someone who's an expert on crime in this country, are you at all worried about the state of things at the moment, or do you see this as more of a period of random violence that will eventually subside? Often things can happen together in a, in a clump, right? Like there can be a, a number of murders all in a row and, and everyone gets all sort of worried about it, but you need to look into the individual circumstances of each case. I think we have about somewhere between 50 and 60 homicides every single year. Obviously, they're all, all a tragedy, but uh, I think generally our society's pretty safe, really. I mean, compared to other countries, I'm not saying that having neighbourhoods shot up by gang members isn't terrifying and, and frightening for those that live there, and they do need to be policed hard. I feel like we're just going through 
a bit of a period now where these things are front and center in people's minds. I think we've got issues in downtown Auckland. People know people are quite sort of worried about what's happened in the last two years, people moving out of the city and being replaced by essentially some quite thuggish sort of behavior. So I think we're just coming through that period. I think in terms of gang stuff, they will always ebb and flow. I mean, in the end, the feud which captured a lot of the headlines between the tribesmen and the Killerby gangs, the 23 drive-by shootings in a fortnight, and then the pressure that went on the police minister, which essentially cost her her job. I mean, in the end, that wasn't settled by, um, that was settled by the gangs in the end, calling, calling their own truce. That came about because of a combination of police pressure and also the fact that these guys get sick of looking over their shoulder, worrying, wondering if they're going to get shot. So I don't necessarily think that if we can conflate everything together in terms of ram raids, gang violence, you know, some of the murders that we've seen lately as an indicator that society is getting more violent. You know, we need to have a closer look at the data towards the end of this year, but certainly it doesn't mean that we can't address some of, the, some of these issues that are happening right in front of us. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in on Monday for another look behind the headlines.